Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about how to negotiate a lower real estate agent fee and should you? Now, this comes from listener of the show, Liz, who has uh, messaged in and said, look, I love the show. We're thinking about moving in the future. We might be moving in the future. What are the possible things that I could ask the selling agent that are negotiable to get some discounts on their fees? And is this a good idea? Now, I think this is a really valid question. And what I see coming up quite a bit in a lot of the Facebook groups that we're a part of, Andrew. And you can understand that because there's a bit of a perception that real estate agents get paid a lot of money and it is a lot of money. That's right. Well, they're they're dealing with a very high value transaction, probably one of the highest transactions that most of us will make in our life. And often we can see the result they get as being very expensive. Uh, And it's a lot of money, but I wouldn't call it expensive if it's value for money. Uh, And and I would recommend not paying $1 to an agent who's useless, but I'd be quite happy paying $50,000 that gets me an excellent result. Now, the difficulty is you don't know whether somebody's really good or not until you've actually used them. I mean, you can ask them about the market to assess their market knowledge. You can see how their marketing is of other properties. And of course, you can get some recommendations and referrals but you're not really sure how they are going to sell your house until they actually have a go at it. Well, that's where I often find that finding a good real estate agent is best to kind of base it on someone else's experience. So if you've got a friend who got a really good ex- had a really good experience with a particular agent, uh, then, then get their recommendation there. Or when you bought your house, or if you bought an investment property or something and you used a real estate agent and found them good, use them to sell your house. And I think it's really important to remember that you are only going to be worried about a real estate agent's fee if they don't do their job very well, if you don't get the price that you're expecting. Of course, if they work really hard to get you that higher price and you're doing really well because you got a couple of extra thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars for that house that you own, you're not going to be worrying about the extra two to five K that you might have saved had you negotiated the fee lower. So what you've got to make sure though is that the real estate agent is working for you. I was just thinking, this is probably a market now where we're seeing it heat up in Christchurch and Auckland where people will start to sell privately a lot more. And I don't know if we've done actually an episode on that, but just to kind of cover that off a bit, that's where where you advertise it yourself, you produce the sale and purchase yourself or with the help of a lawyer, and you actually complete the sale yourself. Um, So you can save yourself quite a lot of money. You can also lose quite a lot of money and potential marketing of that property. So it's one thing to put the property on Trade Me, but if you're using an agent because their benefit is putting it on Trade Me, then you're not really getting the full benefit. If you use, uh, say, someone like Harcourts, for example, you know they have such a wide database of people that they're working with and agents within their network that they've got the ability to bring buyers that might not even be looking on Trade Me, but they know Joe Smith down the street is actually looking to upsize so we should contact her and let her know that this bigger house has come available. Now let's dig into this because Liz, when I was texting back and forth with you, one of the things that I'd mentioned was perhaps you might like to negotiate up front. Now I've been doing some more research into this. I've called a couple of different real estate agents who I thought would be very honest with me and Andrew and I have been discussing <laughs> God this. God forbid real estate's be honest. Exactly. And what we've come to the view of is that it's probably best to negotiate once they start bringing offers. And the reason for that is if you're negotiating up front, the real estate agent isn't invested in the deal yet. 
There's nothing tangible. They can't show you how well they're performing or how poorly they're performing. And so it's very hard to negotiate and get a real sense of whether you're just disincentivizing a really good agent to perform better or where you're really at within this transaction. So when I was speaking to Mickey Limmer, friend of the show from Harcourts, what he'd suggested is broach it with them at the start and say something along the lines of, look, Andrew, I know you're a really good real estate agent. The reason I want to work with you is that I know you've got really good market knowledge. I know you understand the particular suburb I'm in and I've seen you market other properties, similar properties to this, and I can tell you've done a real good job. But if we don't hit the numbers that we've discussed, the numbers that we really are aiming for today, then I am expecting to see a bit of a concession on your part. Now, that sets them up, and Mickey said, here's the thing, you build them up and then you bring them back down. (laughs) Real estate agent seed it, evidently. And then, let's say Andrew does a good job. Well, I don't need to negotiate his fee because Andrew has now worked really hard for me. I've got a really good price that I am happy with. Hey, he's earned his fee. But if he starts lowballing me with offers, which I don't think he's really worked hard for, then you might say something along the lines of, hey, Andrew, look, we're not hitting the numbers we were hoping for. I said at the start that if we didn't hit those numbers, I'd be looking for you to make a bit of a concession. Now, if you want the deal to come together, the onus is on you. And then you wait. And generally speaking, the real estate agent will move to get the deal over the line. And look, that's quite an interesting point about negotiating at the end because often you'll have agents who will bring you a proposal for your property. Now, I know that there are probably agents out there that understand that someone wants to achieve 750 as a sale price so they'll bring them a high proposal saying oh we you know we think we can kind of get you 775 and then they'll spend the campaign telling you that well that's not where the market is seeing it and then they'll get you to settle at the 740 that they thought it was kind of at to begin with and so it's kind of hard to actually measure that because it's true something has to go to market to see where where it's going to land and actually uh, uh, one of my friends just sold a property recently and originally she wanted 750 for it once it kind of had, she'd done the work to it she decides she wanted 800 it was probably not worth uh, 800 but Mickey who was actually acting for this particular vendor ended up managing to get sort of 775 or 778 or something like that so somewhere in between now the uh, leading up to the auction the feedback was between 700 and 750 now he knew that he could probably get that up a bit more but he was setting the expectation for that day in the room well the market is saying this just be prepared to, to negotiate. Now, you might be wondering, well, what happens if I get an agent like that who is going to beat me down on price? And look, the thing that I'd probably say is if you're worried that the agent's going to play some of these mind games with you, then you've probably got the wrong agent in this case. And again, this is going to be really difficult because you don't really know, unless you're getting some good recommendations or you've got a relationship with this agent, how they're going to act. But I think that is where you're going to want to really do your research up front because this person is going to make or break the sale. You do have to ask yourself, though, when you go into this, are you looking for the top dollar or are you looking for a sale? And if it's your own house and you're moving to a nice new house in the right neighbourhood for the kids to go to school, it might not just be about price. And whilst it might be great to get that 800000 letting it go for seven seventy six or whatever so that you can move on with your life may very well be worth it. However, uh, if you're selling an investment property and actually you don't really care whether or not you sell it now or you sell it in another five years' time, then... Maybe it is about the money, and if you don't get a certain amount, then 
sorry, we're not selling. We'll just re-rent it. Now, Andrew, you've negotiated with real estate agents to have lower fees in the past. What sort of tactics have you used and what's been successful? <laughs> well, I, I would say that my most successful uh, negotiations were probably back when I started out. Uh, and that was probably because I just couldn't afford to sell properties and take the full uh, hit. Now, my first ever property that I sold, I met up with the real estate. I actually remember this quite vividly. It's a quite an interesting story. Now, I remember, sorry, just to delve off into another direction for a minute. There's a book that Ed and I have both read, I think Ed's read it, called Freakonomics. Excellent book by a couple of economists who study things, that they have a hypothesis, and there's a particular chapter in, I think, their first book, and it's, are real estate agents incentivized correctly or not? The argument is that that the way that the commission structure works because they get a percentage of the sale price, it takes a lot more work for an agent to squeeze out that extra 10% value because they're not getting paid a huge amount of money. And so in some ways, maybe the model is flawed. It is what it is. And just to put some numbers to that, because I remember the exact chapter. So the idea was that if an agent attempts to get an extra $10,000 for you and say the commission is 3%, then every extra $10,000 is only an extra $300 in their pocket. That's before the office takes their cut. So normally an office might take 50% of the cut, so that's 150 in their pocket. And if they're the listing agent but not the sales agent, they get 60% of the 150. And the way they proved this was they were looking at, well, would real estate agents leave their properties on the market for a longer time. Their own properties when they're selling privately. That's correct. Which was the case. Anyway, this became very evident to me with my first negotiation. I won't actually mention the agent's name because I know she's still a real estate agent now. And she and I and Alice, who was my girlfriend at the time, sat down and I wanted to counter... Uh, an offer that had been going back and forward to get an extra, let's say, $5,000. And this agent uh, said to me, well, you know, she's punching me, okay, okay, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And I, well, well, it does matter to us because it's a lot of money on, on the numbers we were talking back in the 1950s. And she did the calculations and she said, look, it only makes like a couple of hundred dollars difference. Then I realised she'd made the fatal error of calculating the difference for her not the difference for me. So in the end, we managed to get that deal across the line. But I did say to her, we're not meeting what I wanted in terms of an expected outcome. So therefore, I'll only accept this if you discount your commission. And she did in that case. The other... I can just imagine little... 20-year-old Andrew Nichol speaking with a real estate agent who is twice his age in this case. I'm not sure if she was. She was. And she's probably leaving that sales appointment to go home thinking this jumped up little... Yeah, that's not the first time I've been called that. Um, but I do still have her book, her Tony Robbins' book, uh, Awaken the Giant Between uh, uh, Inside of You or something, still on my bookshelf. But she doesn't know who I'm talking about her, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that so we negotiated down. Uh, the other the other times I've negotiated down is actually with my own real estate firm. So so we have OPS Real Estate. They've sold off a number of properties for me in the last uh, year as I've been getting rid of all the old stock on my portfolio, the underperforming stuff. And in a few of the negotiations, I was successful to get it down. Probably actually less in their negotiations than I have ever before. But they were really good, so I I accepted it. Now, the last thing I just want to talk about before we wrap up the show is what the commission structures are around the country, just in the three main areas. Because what's really interesting is that they are different. They're the same in Auckland and Christchurch. So generally speaking, 
You'd be looking at 3.95% for your first $400,000 and then 2% for any dollar beyond that. Now, it's a bit different in Wellington, and it's interesting that it's much lower. It's about 2.5% is what you'd expect to pay in Wellington. Why is there such a difference there, Andrew? That's because the Wellington market has so little stock at the moment. It's so difficult for an agent to get a property listed in the first place. They they are much more price competitive, and it's been like that for as long as I can remember. As the market heats up in Christchurch and Wellington over the next wee while and there becomes less stock, potentially you might see some discounting. But the one thing I do want to kind of leave people with is, you do tend to get what you pay for and real estate agents are no different. And whilst I remember the first ever agent or that I can remember came out uh, and she was in Christchurch and um, she was a bit crazy. I won't mention her name just in case she's listening. And they were charging 1%, which was a quarter of what you you would typically pay. But I don't believe that they ever did as good a job. And in fact, I have gone and bought properties off their agents knowing that I could sell it tomorrow for an extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars because it was just marketed so poorly. They were much more difficult. They wouldn't they're less likely to show you the property to private viewing, etc. So the main points here, negotiate after you've appointed an agent, but set the expectation up front that if they're not performing, if they're not hitting the numbers that you're discussing, that you're going to be expecting a concession on their part. And then if that happens, if unfortunately they're not bringing you the offers that you're expecting, that's the time to negotiate and say, hey, the onus is on you to get this deal together. Hey, Liz, hope that's answered your question. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on the show, give us a text. Our number is 5522. Send us a message and Andrew and I will get back to you. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 